so hopefully you don't mind moving around just a bit. Psalm chapter 112, we'll start off and we'll read this um, shorter psalm here, and then we'll jump right in. First verse says, Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. Uh, He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil uh, evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor, the wicked shall see it and be grieved, he shall gnash with his teeth and melt away, the desire of the wicked shall perish. Uh, The the title of the message or um, study this evening is A Christian's New Year's Goal probably thinking, oh dear, you know, we haven't even got through Christmas yet. Well, don't get your tinsel in a tangle. Don't worry about that. Uh, this right here can be applied uh, tonight. And uh, so uh, not necessarily focusing on a New Year's resolution, so to speak, but um, we do kind of think about um, new things that we can apply to our lives around this time of year. And uh, Uh, So I I just gave it that title there. It's a goal that we as Christians uh, can have. So um, certainly uh, the things that we'll look at tonight can be applied um, tonight, uh, right after the service here, and it doesn't have to wait for the new year. This psalm right here, which is believed to be written by uh, David, is closely related to the psalm right before it, Psalm 111. They're parallel psalms, if you want to call it that. And uh, they really tie together. They use a lot of the same words. Uh, um, even some of the, the verses and, and their meanings uh, really go hand in hand with each other. Um, Psalms 111, though, uh, speaks uh, primarily of the marvelous works that God has done uh, for you and for me. And uh, then you kind of look at the end. If you look at um, Psalm 111 in verse 10, Uh, That last verse there, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding uh, have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. That verse right there, the final verse of that chapter, encourages us as uh, Christians uh, to fear and obey the Lord's commandments. Uh, It really goes, again, hand-in-hand with another familiar verse that we hear quite often uh, back in Ecclesiastes. You don't have to turn there. Uh, Chapter 12 and verse 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, uh, for this is the whole duty of man. And uh, thinking about that last part there, the whole duty of man, really a encompasses when you fear the Lord and you keep his commandments, that encompasses for us tonight 
um, the godly life, the, the Christian life, that those things, if you were to just pile it all in right there, you just kept those two things, you'd be good to go, right? And uh, so the fear of God is um, uh, we don't, we don't want to think necessarily of, like, uh, I'm scared of God. But the fear of God is just having a good reverence, a respect, and a love for who he really is. That's what the fear of God is. And then to obey his word, uh, that's pretty simple, to, to obey what God's word says and to um, abide by it. And that is our goal and that will be our focus for tonight, to live the godly life. That is our, the Christian's goal for this new year is to live godly uh, as we ought to, and uh, to strive each and every day to be more godly, to be more Christ-like. Now, the fact is that there's always room for growth, all right? Uh, None of us have never arrived, so to speak, in our spiritual Christian lives. There's always room for improvement. And uh, there's not a Christian who can say that I have reached perfection, uh, for that can only be God himself. And we can make that goal for ourselves today. Uh, we, we can commit this year or right now uh, to living a more godly life as we move forward uh, um, in our Christian life. Uh, sadly, I believe many Christians have given up the fight uh, when it comes to that uh, living godly. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not speaking for anybody in particular, but I just think it, it really shows sometimes that Christians have given up the fight. And so we need more than ever a need for believers to be more like Christ, to commit themselves to be godly, to live godly in this present world, to be a lighthouse in a world that is ever increasing in its darkness. We need Christians to be more like that. Chapter 112 gives us, uh, that's our text for tonight, but that gives us the blessings. Uh, I guess if you want to focus in on it, it gives us the blessings uh, of or the fruits of a believer that is committed to living the godly life. But also um, there are uh, some other uh, things that if you break it down, just some things that I believe are kind of included in that goal that we have to live a godly life. And so I would like to look at those things. And without further ado, we'll start there in uh, verse number one of chapter 12. And the first part, it's pretty uh, plain and simple. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You'll notice back in chapter 111, it says the same thing. In verse one, praise ye the Lord. Look ahead, chapter 113 says the same thing there. Praise ye the Lord. I wonder if the author is trying to say something to us today, (laughs) uh, that we ought to praise the Lord. The truth is, you cannot fear the Lord, give him respect, give him reverence that's due to him, and keep his commandments without giving praise to the Lord. Those things all go hand in hand. You must give praise to the Lord. And the book of Psalms is is piled with uh, verses that show us Uh, the importance of giving thanks and praise to the Lord. We're going to stick really close by, so if you don't mind flipping a page or two, uh, you can look at these. But if you look at Psalms 105 and verse 1, Psalm 105 and verse 1, 
You'll notice that all of these are the first verses. And it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Look forward to 106, Psalm 106. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Same thing that's mentioned in 111 through 113. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. forever. Psalm 107, it says, Oh, give thanks, verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 108 and verse 1, it says, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Psalm 109, verse 1, Hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise. And then uh, uh, a little bit ahead here, Psalm 117, two verses there. The first verse says, O praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people. And then Psalm 118 and verse 1, it says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Isn't our God good? Isn't he worthy of our praise uh, this evening? And uh, so that should be a crucial part um, in our lives as we head into a new year, as we head out these doors here tonight. We should be committed to praising our God more and more. That is part of living the godly life. So we get the idea that we need to praise the Lord. Why is that? Well, the verses have said it, have spoken it, because he is good. He is good to us. His mercy endureth forever. And that's the central theme surrounding these psalms. And it should be our goal as we strive to live the uh, godly life as well. You know, no matter how difficult life is, no matter how difficult life has been this past year, um, there's always something to praise God about. Uh, we have been so blessed. And uh, uh, I, I understand that uh, I'm not trying to belittle the difficult trials that people have gone through, but I believe God's blessings have um, just piled right over those things on many different occasions. And uh, it shined brighter uh, than those dim moments in our life. And that is reason to praise God for. And the Bible says this, in everything, give thanks. And because uh, that is our will. Uh, that's his will for us. So we need to make sure that that's a part of our goal moving forward. Um, we may think that 2021 was pretty bad. 2022 may be worse. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter, really. We just need to praise the Lord. <laughs> just keep praising Him. Keep thanking Him because His mercies are new every morning. His praises that He gives to us, uh, it, the blessings that He gives to us each day is um, just remarkable. Notice the rest of, of verse 1 there in chapter 112. It says, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. The word blessed is used quite often in scriptures. It, it means to be happy. Uh, blessed or happy is the man. That's what it would be there. Uh, it means to be happy. This does not, and I repeat, this does not mean that you will live a trouble-free life. Uh, shall I say it again? Okay. Uh, so... It, 
we got to understand that. Uh, we know a well-known verse, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you strive to live godly when you walk out these doors today, you commit yourself to that, you can be sure that the devil may be standing in your way. You are going to experience trials. But the remarkable thing is, is that you can go through those trials and still be blessed and still be happy. You know, I think of Job, and I know he's mentioned a classic example, right? Uh, he had the qualities that, you, that would be listed in verse 1 at the end of chapter 111. He followed those things. He was a godly, upright person, yet he experienced trial after trial after trial. And um, so he lost everything. Uh, so that's an example that tells us that we may be in the same boat as well. Uh, so committing yourself to be godly, um, okay, uh, you may say, I don't know if I want to do this now. Well, let me continue on. It says happy. You will be happy, but we got to look in a little bit deeper than that. So this godly character does not protect us from the temptations of life, but we can still use that trial, and this is where happiness, the blessedness comes in our life. We can still use that trial to the glory of God. God may be trying to teach us something. We can still, as Paul had to, grow in grace during these trials. And uh, all in all, you just remember that God's hand is in it. He's there by your side. And uh, that right there gives you the happiness, the peace that you need during those times. Psalm 34, verse 19, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Encouraging there. Continue on, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. What an encouragement. What an encouragement. And so we're not exempt from any type of, of temptations or battles, or trials, whatever you want to call it, um, because we're going to commit ourselves to live godly when we walk out these doors. But um, we do have God on our side. He is our protector. He is our shield. He is our help in a time of trouble. And he is there for us. And so we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to worry because he's on our side. And that causes us to be happy, to be blessed in the, in the midst of those trials. So do not let the, the trials of life cause you to be unhappy. That we, we've all been there, right? A trial comes in our life. And we get all down and we get discouraged, uh, and uh, it seems like that we've lost the battle. Do not cause it to, to make you unhappy or to give up even, uh, to give up on the Christian life, to give up on your commitment to, to be a godly Christian. Um, I believe it's certainly a lie of the devil and when he causes us to think that it's not, it's not really worth it to live the Christian life. That's a lie. The devil is, uh, I believe, he's out there more and more these days, and he's trying to get Christians to get off the, the right path. And uh, he'll, he'll whisper those lies into your ears, saying that the Christian life is not worth it because you have all these problems in your life. You have all these trials. Do not listen to the, to the devil. Do not listen to him. Regardless of how difficult the road may be, do not forget that God is there for you. James 1.12 says this, says, Blessed, happy, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. 
For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now, I did a little looking into that verse, and you know the Bible tells us a couple different crowns, correct? And um, this crown right here, the word crown actually just means um, uh, something that back then the Olympians would receive as as an award, uh, a little leaf thing that they put on their head. It was a a great prize to get during the Olympics back then. And um, so the point is, what I got from this is, okay, it says the crown of life, but I'd just be happy to get any type of crown because I can put that crown, give that crown back to my Savior when I get to heaven. And that is a gift that any of us could cherish. And uh, what a blessing that is. So blessed, happy is that man that endureth temptation. And uh, you can have that crown to give back to your Savior if you don't allow those trials to beat you up, but you trust in your Savior. As I've already said, we will look at uh, some more added blessings in just a bit, but the rest of verse 1, it kind of will continue to give us a solid foundation of what things consist of living that godly life. And so, uh, number one here, if you're taking notes, point number one, all that, believe it or not, was introduction. But number one is the groundwork for our goal, the groundwork for our goal. And if you just want to put something underneath that, praise the Lord, uh, continue to praise him. I think that's a good thing to add to your groundwork. Um, But a couple other things um, that we want to mention here. And first of all, under that letter A, is to have a personal relationship with God. Have a personal relationship with God. And this goal is, um, I guess, kind of kind of stating the obvious, I would say. And, um, you know, we're we're talking uh, individually here. You know, sometimes we think that um, a a goal may be, not saying that's the case for everybody, that we would all think this way, but maybe that godly goal, you would say that's the entire church. That should be the entire church's goal. Maybe you would say that's, that's my family's goal. And I, I don't think those are bad ideas. I really do think that that is an excellent goal to have for a church that we want to strive to live more godly for this coming year. For your family, oh, that's a great idea to strive to live more godly for the Lord, to grow in Him more this year, uh, this next year. But I, I want us to think of it as a personal goal, as a personal relationship. And uh, I believe the Bible speaks uh, of that. Um, we hear it all the, all, all the time, you know, revival. Let the revival start in me, right? And uh, I believe if one person just got on fire for the Lord and, and, and experienced what real revival is, that has the power to spread across the church, spread within your family and do remarkable things. So... We, we tend to worry about, like, oh, so-and-so, they're just not, they need to pick, it up, pick up the slack a little bit. Or, or, and we, we may have that mentality, but don't. Just, just think about yourself. How is your personal relationship with God? And uh, James chapter 3, uh, they have some great verses there. Would you turn there? Uh, this will be, I think, the only time we'll move out of Psalms. 
I forgot about this, sorry. thought we were sticking in Psalms. James chapter 3. And uh, we'll start in verse 1, James chapter 3 and verse 1. This passage here is actually talking about our tongue, uh, the unruly tongue. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Verse 4, Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a, with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor uh, listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, uh, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. We have some great examples here, too, I see. And first of all, uh, actually three, uh, you see, I don't know too much about horses, but um, I, I do know that um, it's a big, powerful beast, and you um, don't want to get behind it, okay, or in front of it. Uh, but um, it's amazing, uh, just maybe, I think I did a little study on this before, but um, horses are, are very, I guess not all of them, but I know they can be steered very easily by just pulling that rain, and I think they just have a little bit in their mouth. It's very small. There's not much to it, but you can bring that horse under submission with, with just that small little piece. You think about a ship, uh, same thing there. They talk about the helm. It's such a small thing, but it can steer such a mighty vessel. I, I think about some of the ships that they have today and uh, the massive cargo ships that they have today, and I think those things are just operated by a little joystick. Let's play a little video games here. And uh, just a small little thing, but it can have such a huge impact. Now, obviously, our tongue such a small little member, but it can have a huge impact as well. So we may think in ourselves that we can't have an impact, but we can. We can have an impact for the good. We can have an impact for the for not or the not good. <laughs> I write grammar there, I apologize. But anyways, uh, we get the idea here, uh, making it personal to our lives, I, I believe has much more of an impact. If we would just commit to ourselves, if we would say, I want the work to start in me, I want to have a personal relationship with God, and, and I want to do what I, I know that God wants me to do, and then God will take care of the rest. God will work in people's lives. You will have an impact on people around you. And I think there's so many examples in, in Scripture. I think of Moses. You know, Moses was not all that confident when God called him, yet God used him in a mighty way to lead a nation. Jeremiah, the same situation. I think you just go book after book after book of God using individuals to do great things. So, personal uh, growth. Think of it personally. And as you get in your right um, stance with God and, and you're committed to God, then you can work on your family. Then you can work on um, uh, your fellow Christians here in the church. Uh, letter B, have a delight in God's word. Have a delight in God's word. And uh, the last part, sorry, I 
Let me find my location here. Last part of uh, chapter 12, and uh, sorry, last part of chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, um, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. That delighteth greatly in his commandments. So this person who delights greatly in his commandments will make it his chief business, his chief delight to meditate on it and to understand and obey God's word, to obey God's commandments. That's having a great delight in his commandments. There is an initiative that needs to take place. Uh, There has to be a love for his commandments. There has to be a zeal. There has to be a fervency behind it. And uh, boy, I think that is a great part in becoming more godly this coming year. I love Psalms chapter 1, and if you turn there, maybe you have that chapter memorized, but the first two verses, Psalms chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. See, just as we are not to walk on the path of the ungodly, we are also instructed to walk on the path of his commandments. Not supposed to walk the path of the ungodly, but God wants us to have great delight in his word, great delight in his commandments. Psalms 119 and verse 35, it says, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. I want to go down that path. I don't want to go down the path of the wicked. Uh, For therein do I delight. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. A solid foundation must include a great delight in God's word. Our Bible is indeed a gift from God, would you say? It's it's a precious gift from God. And uh, everything that pertains that unto our life is found within God's word. It's a crucial part of the goal that we need to have to live more godly. Letter C uh, is a good personal is having a good personal character, having a good personal character. And uh, we'll see a few things here. First look at ch- back at chapter 112 and verse 4. It says, Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. Unto the upright. That would be a character trait that we want to imply, to apply to our lives as we strive to be godly. Uh, that word upright there just means that you're just. Uh, he is pious, or in other words, you're honest and honorable in your ways. You are one that fears God. And uh, you need to uh, have that character trait. You need to strive for that character trait to be upright. Number two, another personal character trait is uh, found in verse 5 of chapter 112. It says, a good man, a good man showeth favor and lendeth, He will guide his affairs with discretion. So the word good here does not mean necessarily about his behavior. Uh, We kind of already covered that, that upright. I think those, if it was about his behavior, those two words, upright and good, would go hand in hand there. But this is talking about a little different. It's rather talking about his prosperity. 
the, the goodness there that he has. It goes back to the word blessed in verse 1, uh, which means to be happy. This verse applies to one who dealeth graciously, uh, who is a giver, who is a lender, and who does those things and is kind in doing so. And then the last part of the verse, he will guide his affairs with discretion. He manages his businesses with judgment, and he is careful to be honest, kind, uh, honorable, and anybody that he may come in contact with when it comes to, to business of life. And uh, I think that's a, a good thing to apply to our lives as well as we head into a uh, new year, as we walk out the doors here tonight, is to, first of all, be kind, be honorable, be, be a, a giving person, but also just use discretion. Uh, just in, in our business with people, be good. Be, be that type of person. Be upright and then be good. So we see here a few different things. We have, we have praise. We have uh, talking about our, um, our word. We need to have uh, that as a big part. Uh, and as well, uh, we need to have um, a personal relationship with God. And then finally there we have some of those character traits. So uh, what are the fruits of our goal? Really quick here, what are some fruits? And it's like, oh, now's the good part. Now I can... You know, sit back and what's in it for me, right? And, uh, well, th- there are um, fruits, there are benefits, there are blessings to living the godly, Christ-like life. And I believe that we can see a few things in this chapter. Uh, letter A under that would be the impact beyond his years. Impact beyond his years. If you look at uh, verse 2 and 3, says, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. See, it's worth it to live a godly Christian life, not just for Christ, not just for yourself, but also for the next generation to come. We are an example to them. Uh, the example that you are today, and, you know, I, I, I think I'm... I'm Obviously, we all have ones that are under us. We have kids in here tonight. And, uh, but thinking about adults, thinking about teenagers, we have ones that are younger than us, in a sense, a generation that is below us, especially uh, those of us that are adults, that, that we can have an impact on, that we can greatly have an impact on and that generation. And um, whether it's your own kids whether it's the kids that you teach in your Sunday school class, hey, honestly, uh, they're probably looking up to you even if you walk these halls. But we can all have an impact uh, um, on the next generation. You know, I, it, it, uh, I want to say it scares me, but it sort of does. But I feel like that's really lacking today. Um, I, something went wrong, and, and I think um, the, the next generation that's coming up uh, needs some help, needs some investing, uh, some good godly investment into their lives. And uh, if that doesn't take place, if we as, a, as Christians, as believers, don't, don't uh, start getting on fire by living that godly life and then setting the right example, uh, we could lose a generation for Christ. And boy, it would be sad if it ever got to that point. But uh, we can have an impact. 
says his seed sorry, shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation below you shall fare much, shall be more powerful and more prosperous than even you are. And uh, I think we would all have a desire for that um, if we were right. Uh, it says the generations of the upright shall be blessed. If your kids follow in the same path as you do as a godly Christian, uh, and then they will be truly blessed indeed as well. And uh, they'll even be more blessed than what you were. And so I don't think there would be a parent that would say, I do not want my kid to succeed. If you're that parent, I'm sorry. But no, that, that's not the case. We all, as a parent, want our kid to succeed. And uh, we, we want our kids to do far better than what we've ever done. And um, uh, and Sunday school teacher, I don't think there'd be a Sunday school teacher that'd say, oh, that kid's too much trouble. I want him to live a terrible, miserable life. No, I don't think that is, if you are like that as a Sunday school teacher, maybe you shouldn't be in that position. We all want these kids to grow up and live godly lives and be far better than what we were for the cause of Christ. And so the positive side of all this starts when we, whether, you, whether really you're young or old, you start living that godly life, as we've just mentioned, and then you, as a fruit of that, will start impacting that generation to come. And, well, you may just impact long after you're gone. And uh, what an amazing thing that that will be when you get up to heaven and find out that you've had a great impact on people, and that you have um, invested in those people, and they turn out to be good, godly, young men or ladies, and praise the Lord for that. Letter B, uh, under that, another fruit is insight beyond our own. Insight beyond our own. Uh, Verse 4 in chapter 112 says, Unto the upright there ariseth light and darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. And what a blessing to know that as I do face the trials that I will have in my life for living a godly life, God is there to help me through those situations. God's there to make that darkness into light. And uh, he illuminates my path in those dark times. Uh, And so I can safely reach my destination. He is my guide. I love this verse, Psalm 119, 105, and it speaks of what the Bible does for us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is a blessing that we have. When we live God-honoring life, Christ is close to us. We have an excellent relationship with him. There's nothing that's going to get in our way. Uh, Yes, we'll have trials and battles and all sorts, but uh, that light will be illuminated so we can properly navigate through that and we can come out blessed. We can come out victorious and learning something if that is God's will for us. Then letter C, another fruit is a steadfast heart, a steadfast heart. And in verse 6 through 8, it says, Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Now, we see the words here. It says, it shall not be moved. Shall be an everlasting remembrance. His heart is fixed. His heart is established. All of those point to what a steadfast heart is. This fruit is achieved 
by having great confidence in your God, having great confidence in who he is, that he's there as your protector. And uh, so you have nothing to fear. You've learned to fear God. I have nothing to fear. I'm a steadfast heart. I'm solid. I have a steadfast heart. I'm solidly grounded in um, what I'm doing. I'm committed to what I'm doing. And there's no longer anything that's in my path that can knock me down, whatever it may be. Uh, bad news. Your confidence is in God. And, and you have full trust in him, as the verse uh I believe it's verse 9 says. You have full trust in him. Uh, you are. Um, you just realize that he's in control. And that's what that means to have a fixed heart, a steadfast heart. What an amazing gift that you can possess. Final thing here, the last two verses, um, it says in 9 and 10, it says, He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. Uh, his... His uh, horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall uh, perish. So number three, Roman numeral three here is the wicked will oppose the godly. The wicked will oppose the godly. This is kind of just a warning. Now we see number one, that hey, our goal is to live a godly life. Number two, we see that our uh, blessings and benefits are fruit that we will get from living that godly life. Number three, always keep in mind that as we strive to do something for the Lord, as I've kind of already mentioned, that the devil uh, will no doubt uh, be uh, ready to attack. And the wicked God, God, uh, will also oppose what you are doing. So we have seen that God rewards the godly. In these verses, we understand that God will ignore the desires of the wicked. Uh, the wicked will constantly be opposed at what we are trying to do. And why is that? Because God's light is shining through us, and uh, it's kind of impenetrating the darkness of the wicked. And to put it, frankly, they're just getting annoyed by it. And uh, the devil's getting annoyed by it. And uh, that's what happens when we strive to live godly. You ever tried to do that before? It's like you knew I was doing the right thing, but you just had people like uh, thought that you were like a, a goody two-shoes, something like that. You know, could apply to the same thing. You're always going to have wicked that will oppose what you are doing, what you're striving to do, and live godly. And don't let that discourage you either, because God's there for you. Uh, no thing going to be able to knock you down, and you can keep trusting in him. Much packed into this one little psalm. I kind of really skimmed through it rather quickly. But if there was a couple of things that you could take away with you this evening, it would be this. First of all, make godliness a goal in your Christian life. And uh, if you're a believer today, you, you know that you're saved. Don't, don't just be comfortable just to sit back and not do anything for the Lord. But really strive to grow in your relationship with the Lord. Uh, to have a greater delight for God's word. Allow that to impact your life. Uh, just strive to, to be more godly, to grow in him each and every day. And uh, don't be afraid to praise God either. Uh, these days are tough, right? But um, praise God. Just keep doing it. And everything give thanks. Praise him um, when things are terrible. Praise him when things are great and um, have a personal relationship with him 
and delight greatly in his word. And also be motivated by the fruits. That can be our motivation for what we are doing. Be motivated by that. You are impacting others. And uh, what a great opportunity that is to impact the next generation. You can have insight that only comes from God. Uh, You're strengthened. You're powerful by God. And also, as you get settled in, you're ready to go. Nothing going to be able to stand in your way. Uh, Your heart is fixed. You're steadfast, trusting in the Lord. No doubt, much hustle and bustle this time of year, but don't forget to make God number one in your life. Just one minute.